the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the Daily Show Prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager here. I saw a movie this weekend. <laughs> I did. I wasn't in the theaters, though. I, I did go to a theater movie. Uh, I love going to, the, to movies in the theaters. Now, this is a very old movie, actually, and I will be lowered in your esteem, or at least some of your esteem, for never having seen it. However, my belief from the beginning is hide nothing and let the chips fall where they may. So my wife, who also had never seen it, which really surprised me, we both watched The Matrix. And we're going to have a, a, a mini discussion about that. My, my film writing colleague and I, I have some questions about it. I'll tell you one thing. I'm happy Red Pilled has taken on the status it has. And how ironic that it is the red pill that sets you free. And the other was blue. And this is before red and blue as, as conservative and left. So Alex Berenson, the former New York Times reporter and now whistleblower on society, I think that's a fair way of describing him, has a piece out the scariest poll you'll see this summer, and it's not about Joe Biden. This you've saw, saw right? This is this. He's right. It is the scariest poll. What I'm about to read to you is one one of the handful of things that scares me. I tend not to be in the scared group of humanity. This does. A majority of Americans and an overwhelming number of Democrats no longer support First Amendment protections for, for, for free speech. An overwhelming number of Democrats. The government should restrict, quote, false, unquote, information online even if doing so blocks people from, quote, publishing or accessing information, unquote. 55% of Americans said in a large poll released Thursday. Only 42% disagreed. This is from the Pew Research Center, the poll, by the way. It's titled, Most Americans Favor Restrictions on False Information, Violent Content Online. Isn't it interesting that Pew did not put false information in quotes? Hmm. That's really telling. Wow. 
Most Americans say, this is, this is from Pew, this isn't even Berenson. Most Americans say the U.S. government and technology companies should each take steps to restrict false information and extremely violent content online. Well, what does it mean, extremely violent content? Isn't that bad now? I mean, what does that mean? You can't put up how to make an A-bomb. So what does it mean, extremely violent? You can't threaten people's lives. So I don't understand why they were even juxtaposed with one another. So I continue to read from Berenson. The antipathy to free speech represents a sea change in attitudes in just five years. It is driven by a powerful new hostility to First Amendment rights on the left. That's correct. So let me just tell you folks of an unbreakable law of history. When you curtail free speech, you end up with gulags. There is no exception to that rule. You end up with camps to put in and probably kill, certainly torture, people who engage in what the government declares misinformation. It was Heine who said, the great German poet, something to the effect, when you burn books, you end up burning people. He said that a hundred years after the Holocaust. That was, and so I am no Heine, but uh, I have a very accurate record of describing reality, and this is one you should know. When you shut down free speech, you produce prison camps for those you consider malefactors. Soviet government thought Solzhenitsyn engaged in misinformation. Every dictatorship says, Putin says, those who report the war in Russia accurately are engaging in misinformation. Presumably, 55% of my fellow Americans would support that in the United States. If you can suppress misinformation that the government says is misinformation in Russia, then you can support it. Or let's put it, if you can support it in America, why wouldn't you support it in Russia? In an identically worded poll five years ago, Democrats and Republicans favored free speech online by roughly three to two margins just five years ago. Today, Republicans still favor the First Amendment by about that much but Democrats have turned against it by even more. The support for government suppression of false speech clearly violates the First Amendment, which does not distinguish between false and legal speech, or online or traditional platforms for speech and debate. Of course not. The moment you have an exclusion, other than shouting fire in a crowded theater, you have ended free speech. A uh, a letter writer said to me that I was a, I was a bigot because I think, for example, that trans women should not be allowed biological men should not be allowed to compete with biological women in sports, 
and said that such bigotry should not be allowed. It should be suppressed. I mean, he was, he was, the letter writer was just quite direct. I should be forcibly silenced. That's probably the position of every single left-wing source, Southern Poverty Law Center, NewsGuard, Media Matters, the Human Rights Campaign, you name it. I, I'd like to know what left-wing hate group, uh, and that's what they are, uh, is for free speech that they dif- differ with. If they do, let them say it. I will announce it and apologize. Let any one of those that I mentioned say, we are for free speech for what we deem hate speech and what for what we deem misinformation. There's a good test for you whether these groups are evil or not. That's one criterion. The stunning finding comes from a survey released Thursday by the Pew Research Center, Washington Think Tank. Pew's online poll covered over 5,000 adults, and Pew was asked the same questions three times in five years. The trend is unmistakable. Note that the second part of the poll questioned whether technology and social media companies should also censor. Americans support that private censorship as well. Americans support that. But that is a less radical position. Private companies are generally not subject to the First Amendment. Unless they are acting at the behest of the government, though companies deemed common carriers may have to carry all speech whether they want to or not. Exactly. They are common carriers. One eight Prager seven seven six. Back in a moment. On MyPillow's 20-year anniversary with over 80 million MyPillows sold, Mike Lindell at MyPillow wants to thank each and every one of you by giving you the lowest price in history on their MyPillows. You'll receive a queen-size MyPillow for $19.98 regular price. It's $69.98 and just $10 more for a king size. You'll receive deep discounts on all MyPillow products, such as bed sheets, mattress toppers, pet beds, mattresses, my slippers, and so much more. This is the time to try out some of their other amazing products you had your eyes on. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio slash podcast square and use promo code Prager to receive this amazing offer on the queen size MyPillow for $19.98 or call 800-761-6302. This offer comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60 day money-back guarantee, it's time to start getting the quality sleep you deserve. So, go to MyPillow.com and use the promo code Prager or call 800-761-6302 today. Berenson points out that the New York Times, reporting on the Robert F. Kennedy Jr. hearing, They hate Robert F. Kennedy Jr. They hate him. I would say that the left hates him as much as they hate uh, Donald Trump. Well, I can't actually, it's hard to imagine anybody who differs with them they don't hate. But 
he is uh, he is truly hated. So listen to what the what they write in the New York Times. Hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna I want to get it exactly as written in the Times. So hold on. Yeah. So this is the interesting thing is are you aware of this? The New York Times is not an editorial. It's in a news piece. Did you realize that? Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was in an editorial, which would have been bad enough. Yes. This is worse. Mm-hmm. I, I'm glad I checked. So listen to this. Despite the theater, the hearing raised thorny questions. Thorny questions. I like that. They're thorny about free speech in a democratic society. Is misinformation protected by the First Amendment? When is it appropriate for the federal government to seek to tamp down the spread of falsehoods? Sean, would you please play uh, Ms. Ardern? Jacinda. Jacinda, my our good old friend who's now at Harvard because of her love of free speech. Harvard shares it. Uh, she, this is what she said during the lockdowns as Prime Minister of New Zealand. You can trust us as a source of that information. Uh, You can also trust the Director General of Health and the Ministry of Health. COVID19.govt.nz. Otherwise, dismiss anything else. We will continue to be your single source of truth. We will provide information frequently. Your single we will share everything we can, uh, everything you are, else you see, um, a grain of salt. And, and when you see those messages, remember that unless you hear it from us, um, it is not the truth. Unless you hear it from us, it is not the truth. Do you see any difference between that statement made by her and the statement made by the Soviet regime, which is why their paper was called Pravda, which means truth? What if I said to you, unless you hear it from me, it is not true? And my commitment to truth was, is much greater than the New Zealand government's. It's not even comparable. What I told you turned out to be true. Lockdowns were a calamity. They were passionately pro-lockdown. That depriving children of school for as long as Western societies did was anti-child. I was right. They lied to you. It was good for children. You should mask children who were two years old if they go on a plane. That was a gigantic fraud. I told you the truth. My record on truth is way better than that of the New Zealand government or the American government. But I would never say to you, unless you hear it from me, it is not true. In fact, I would say everything you hear from me, check it out. That will give what I say validity. Wow. Listen, you know, now that I have the New York Times article and not just Berenson's quotes, the next paragraph is is damning. Democrats accuse Republicans of giving Mr. Kennedy a forum for bigotry and pseudoscience. Free speech is not an absolute, said Delegate 
Stacy Plaskett of the Virgin Islands, the top Democrat on the subcommittee. Wow. There you go. It's not an absolute. Now, do you know what she's talking about? She said the Supreme Court has stated that. It has? Other than the uh, fire in the crowded theater, they've said that? And others' free speech that is allowed, hateful, abusive rhetoric, does not need to be promoted in the halls of the people's house. Huh. Wow. He did not make anti-Semitic and anti-Chinese comments. Do you realize that? That's the lie. The Democrats are lying to you. The New York Times is lying to you. I heard his comments. We should actually play that. Where where what he said, he didn't say that anybody, what was it? Oh, yeah, that it was made in, the vac- vaccines were made in order to prevent Jews, Ashkenazi Jews, it's European Jews, as opposed to Middle Eastern, Arab, Spanish Jews, uh, uh, in order to protect them, whereas others would be killed, specifically Caucasians and, and blacks. He said a, a, a byproduct is that some groups were less affected. I don't even know if that's true. But it wasn't anti-Jewish and it wasn't anti-Asian. That's a lie. I reported that immediately from Rabbi Shmuley Boteach, who totally differs with Robert F. Kennedy Jr. on vaccines. He took them, he gave them to his children. I believe Rabbi Shmuley was dead wrong, 100% wrong in doing that. But so what? I'm just noting that so you'll know he's not, he didn't come to defend Robert Kennedy Jr. because he agrees with him on the big vaccine issue. But because he he's deeply involved in combating anti-Semitism and wanted to protect Robert F. Kennedy Jr. against that smear from the left. Because that's all the left does, is smear. To read this article about the Kennedy hearing, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. in the New York Times is really something when is it appropriate for the federal government to seek to tamp down the spread of falsehoods? That's, that's in an article in the New York Times. The answer is never. That's the answer. Well, what a changed country thanks to the left. doesn't take long to destroy something. Think of it as a beautiful building. How long does it take to build a building? Remember the Notre Dame, Notre Dame, if you will, Notre Dame, that magnificent cathedral. How long did it take to burn, and how long did it take to build? The left is all the left has ever known. There is no exception, is how to burn down. All it builds is police power, police state power. That's what they do. The whole, the whole gamut. 
Black Lives Matter, Southern Poverty Law Center, Media Matters, the Human Rights Campaign, all these nice-sounding groups, they only know how to burn down. And they prove one of my most important theories of life, the uselessness in most people of the conscience. They sleep well at night, the people who work for these groups. And since I sleep well at night, so they would have to admit the conscience ain't very powerful. If I sleep well and they sleep well, well then, what does that say about the conscience? Correct, correct. Debbie Wasserman Schultz, Democrat of Florida, who is Jewish, tried unsuccessfully on Thursday to force the panel into executive session. She insisted Mr. Kennedy had violated House rules by making, quote, despicable anti-Semitic and anti-Asian comments. Did she quote them? I strongly suspect she doesn't even know what she's talking about. No, I don't suspect. I know she doesn't know what she's talking about. I heard the comments. They were not anti-Semitic, and they were not anti-Asian. They may have been factually wrong, that it is not possible for a vaccine to affect a different... I'm sorry? A virus, right? No. Oh, oh, is it the virus? You're right. I'm sorry. The virus. Correct. Well said. Right. For a virus to affect, especially a man-made virus, which is what COVID was. Or is that misinformation also? Remember for how long that was declared misinformation? If you want to use the term misinformation, how's this? It started with some bat. I would say it started with a bat as likely as it started with a baseball bat. 1-8 Prager 776 We shall return in a moment. In Tallahassee, Florida, it's Tim. Hello, Tim. Hey, Dennis. Thanks for taking my call, and let's keep this respectful. The problem with your analysis of Robert Kennedy's speech is that it's historically tone deaf. You're inconsistent, and there's not a single authority in anti-Semitism agrees with you. For thousands of Wait, years, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't, I'm sorry. I missed the last words. There's not a single authority on anti-Semitism who what? Who agrees with you? Yeah, Shmuley Shmuley Boteach does. He's the best. Boteach is not. He's not an authority on anti-Semitism. Well, I am. Let me. Let me wait. No, no, no. Let me. Let me. Let's take one point at a time. No, I didn't get to finish my point. No, no, no. It's not fair. You can't make a point then go to another point. People right, do so that with me all the time, and it's dishonest. You, you, I'll let, let you gig. I'll, let I promise, I will let you make your next point. Okay. Shmuley okay. Boteach has done more to fight anti-Semitism than the ADL has. Shmuley Boteach is one of the great assets of the Jews, and I don't agree with him on a lot of issues. We debate on things, but it doesn't matter. Shmuley Boteach fights anti-Semitism around the world and has alerted people to it. I wrote the, the best-selling book on anti-Semitism of the last 40 years. I am an expert on anti-Semitism. I taught Jewish history at Brooklyn College. 
And any Jewish group that calls Kennedy an anti-Semite for his comments is disgraceful. And what they do is cheapen the fight against real anti-Semites. They do the same thing the NAACP does about racism. They call everybody they differ with a racist and cheapen real anti-racism. You go. U.S. Holocaust Museum, which you work for, said that Kennedy's statements were anti-Semitic. They did? Like That's really sad. That, that, that saddens me terribly. Can I finish my other points? Yep. For a thousand years, we've been accused of poisoning wells. For a thousand years, people have said diseases don't affect Jews. Kennedy's is just the same thing over again. And finally, I heard a call with you where somebody called and said the Holocaust only killed a million people, and you hung up on them. You didn't debate them. You didn't say that's your opinion. You said, I don't have to talk about this. This is anti-Semitism. It's inconsistent, Dennis. You sold out. Wait, I'm sorry. I don't don't understand. Why would you have wanted me to say to someone, I don't remember that call at all. I very rarely just hang up. Maybe I did. I have no recollection of even having had that call. Somebody said only a million people were killed in the Holocaust, and then I hung up. What would you have liked you me to do? You. Let's say I don't believe I did that, but let's say I did. What are you objecting to? You're, you're intellectually inconsistent. Because? If, if, because if somebody minimizes the Holocaust, you don't debate with them because you know it's anti-Semitism. If, if any American in this country is compared to Anne Frank that's minimizing the Holocaust, the same thing. It's, it's I don't know what you're talking about. Are you talking about another co- comment by Kennedy? The, the Anne yeah. Frank comment? You think he minimized yeah. the Holocaust by what he said? Tell me what he said. Yeah. Tell me what he said. He I don't even, I think, I don't think you know what he said. So I'm, I'm putting oh, you I've on the spot. What did he say? Many, many what did he, he say? Or I will hang up on you. What did he okay. say? He said that people in the Holocaust could run to Switzerland and hide, or hide. But he can't because he hasn't been vaccinated. And to compare anybody in this country to Anne Frank or to a Holocaust victim is minimizing the Holocaust. It's Holocaust denial and you know it. Oh, my God. Okay. I'll let you speak. Wow. Calls like this make me pessimistic about the human race. He minimized the Holocaust. All he said was, as horrible as the Holocaust was, there was a chance at that period of time to hide. Whereas with social data, with phones on us, it will be in the next totalitarian regime impossible to hide. That is entirely accurate. But people on the left never ask, is it true? They ask, does it sound bad? Because truth is not a left-wing value. Robert F. Kennedy has been, Jr., has been one of the most robust defenders of the Jews in Israel in public life. If he's an anti-Semite, then we, all we have done is cheapen the battle against anti-Semitism. Oh, my God. Sometimes I think somebody was reflecting on this, and I have too. What does God do up in heaven watching every generation make the same mistakes and screw up what could be a beautiful world? One of the great lessons of my the second half of my life 
has been how few people think rationally. How few people say what is true where, and, and allow anger and passion to overwhelm them. Yep. That's that's what we're that's what we're watching right now. Anyway, I've been bringing to you this New York Times piece of uh, describing the thorny question of can the government suppress misinformation? When free speech goes, everything goes. It's the First Amendment because it's the most important amendment. But, as I have said and repeat for probably the thousandth time, and I mean it, there is no example of the left taking power and free speech being allowed. From the French Revolution to the Russian Revolution to your local left-wing university, There is no example of dissent not being suppressed. Liberals allow dissent and conservatives allow dissent. The left does not. The weakness of liberals is the tragedy. They don't understand the threat that the left poses to whatever they cherish, including even something as basic as racial integration. The Ku Klux Klan and the left support black graduation exercises and black dormitories. We return. Hi, everybody. We we have the Robert F. Kennedy quote for which he is accused of despicable anti-Semitism and anti-Asian bigotry. This was uh, made at some dinner he had with supporters and recorded. Go ahead. We have we've put hundreds of millions of dollars into uh, ethnically targeted microbes. The Chinese have done the same thing. In fact, COVID-19, there's an argument that it is ethnically targeted. COVID-19 attacks certain races um, disproportionately. The, uh, the, 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 the races that are most immune to COVID-19 are because of the, of the structure of the, of, um, the genetic structure of, of, of genetic differentials among different races of the, um, of the receptors of the ACE2 receptor. Um, COVID-19 is targeted to attack uh, Caucasians and and, uh, and uh, black people. The people who are most immune are Ashkenazi Jews and, uh, and Chinese. And but, we don't know whether it was deliberately targeted that or not, but there are papers out there that show the, you know, the, um, the racial and ethnic differential and of impact to that. We do know that the Chinese are spending hundreds of millions of dollars developing ethnic bioweapons, and we are developing ethnic bioweapons. That's where all those lies All right, so number one, it's, it's in a, either he's telling the truth or not. Uh, are there ethnically targeting, 
are there ethnically targeted viruses? It's, it's worth knowing. Number two, what he said was Jews, Ashkenazi Jews, and Chinese were the most immune. Maybe that's true. Maybe that's not true. I don't know why it's anti-Semitic. I'm well aware of the blood libel about blaming the Jews for the Black Plague and other horrors in Jewish history. I wrote a very important book on it called Why the Jews. By the way, so what does that mean? He's anti-Ashkenazi Jew, but he's not anti-Sephardi Jew? Is he, He's anti-Chinese? These are truth or false statements. Well, when you cry wolf, when the real wolf shows up, it's like with racism. If every white is a racist, racism becomes nothing. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Hi, everybody. I hope you had a good weekend. I didn't even say that the first hour. Wow. Wow. That's a rare Monday opening. Hello. I hope you did have a good weekend. I did, but I always do, virtually always. I'm a very lucky man. I walk around constantly thinking how lucky I am. It's part of the reasons that I am not a leftist. Liberals can be grateful, conservatives can be grateful, but the moment you become grateful, you leave the left. The left is a world of ingrates, one of the uglier parts of the human condition. I have good news. I'm not kidding. Here is good news from Houston, as it happens. Fox News, July 21. Houston Independent School District to cut more than 2,300 staff positions amid plummeting school enrollment. School enrollment has decreased 27,000 kids, said Mike Miles, the new state-appointed superintendent. The Houston Independent School District, the largest school district in Texas, reportedly slashed over 2,300 administrative positions amid a drop in school enrollment. According to Houston Public Media, 
HISD, Houston Independent School District. Superintendent Mike Miles on Thursday announced a cut of 2,347 jobs, more than 20% of the district staff. Furthermore, Miles told HPM, that's the Houston Public Media, that the Houston Independent School District Central Office has grown too much over the past decade. (laughs) No kidding. You know there are more administrators at Stanford than there are students, and that's true for increasing number of universities. He added, at the same time, the student enrollment has decreased 27,000 kids. So that shows you there was bloat in central office and we're cutting some of that bloat. Now, the interesting thing is, where did those 27,000 students go? Well, they went to a number of places, including school choice schools, charter schools, and homeschooling. Hmm, that's good. In fact, let me let me check that out. Homeschooling, yeah, that's another article. Let's see here. HISDs, that's the Houston Independent School District, staff cuts come after the coronavirus pandemic ushered in what may be the most rapid rise in homeschooling the U.S. has ever seen. Isn't that interesting how you can never predict the consequences of something? The schools criminally shut down thanks to teachers who were a combination of authoritarians and hypochondriacs. So the schools shut out kids. So parents said, hmm, okay. You don't want my kids to go to school because you're afraid of dying from COVID from children, something that apparently didn't happen once in Sweden where they kept all the schools open the whole time through the age of 16. Well, then, we'll teach our kids. Good. The teachers' unions, which is composed of teachers, my dear friends. I'm sorry to say. And they have earned what they are sowing. The most rapid rise in homeschooling the U.S. has ever seen. Even after schools reopened and vaccines became widely available, many parents have chosen to continue directing their children's education themselves, the Associated Press reported. But parents have looked beyond homeschooling to other educational alternatives for their children. School choice policies can take various forms, including through vouchers providing families with money to send their children to their preferred school. The Democrats, of course, oppose school choice. And blacks continue to vote uh, for them, just like Jews continue to vote for the Democrats, despite uh, all of the uh, benefits to Iran, the only country in the world to preach genocide, and it is of Jews. But what are you going to do? Leftism is more important 
too many black groups than helping blacks, and it is more important to many Jewish groups than helping Jews. The debate over school choice, the argument that tax dollars should follow a student rather than a specific school, has taken a front seat in recent years as states across the country enact legislation in favor of more educational option for students. Ohio is the most recent to join Arizona, West Virginia, Iowa, Utah, Arkansas, Florida, and Oklahoma in passing pro-school choice legislation. Okay, so I told you there was good news. 74% here's bad news. 74% of college students support snitching on professors who make offensive statements. This is from Reason Magazine, which is not left or right. So now I want you to uh, I want you to hear the difference between liberal and liberal leaning and conservative and conservative leaning. If a professor says something that students find offensive, should that professor be reported to the university? Wow. <laughs> the, the response is mind-blowing. 81% of those who say yes are liberal or liberal-leaning. 19% are conservative. And let me give you examples of the issues. Are you ready? If let's say the professor says requiring vaccination for COVID is an assault on individual freedom, 45% of liberal left-leaning students say snitch on the professor, 12% of conservative or conservative-leaning say snitch the professor. It is clear that affirmative action is doing more harm than good and should be eliminated. 37% of the liberal students said snitch, 12% of the conservatives. Here's the most distressing, perhaps. Biological sex is a scientific fact. There are two sexes, male and female. 36% of the respondents who are liberal, say yes, snitch on him. 7% of conservatives. Hmm. I thought you'd find that of interest. Last hour, I gave you the very, very frightening data on free speech and the poll, the Pew Pro, Pew research poll and how many Americans, not students, Americans support the government and or tech censoring speech, censoring quote-unquote misinformation. A majority of Americans and an overwhelming number of Democrats no longer support First Amendment protections for free speech. This is from Alex Berenson's summary of the Pew Report. The government should restrict, quote, false, unquote, information, even if it does block people from publishing or accessing information. 52% of Americans said. 
and a very, very large majority of Democrats and liberals. Since I reported on that last hour, I've just summarized it right now. I can only tell you that it makes perfect sense. The left has never supported free speech, as I've said to you so often. Anywhere they take power, they suppress it, and it always leads to violence. Always. It is the single most important freedom. It is, the, it is what makes you, what gives you the dignity of being a human, that you are allowed to say what you think. We'll be back. Here's a story for whatever, well, I don't have to say for whatever reason, should be obvious the reason. Out of Oklahoma, a mother killed her three children and then herself. She had standoff with the police, then killed herself. Her three children were aged, I think, 11, 10, and and a toddler. So I read about this more frequently now. I think more frequently than I have in the past. And I ask myself why, and nobody knows the answer. However, you have to start with the following question in order to figure out anything. And that is, number one, is it more frequent? And I mean not more frequent than 10 years ago, although that would be relevant. More frequent than 50, or for that matter, 100 years ago. In 1923, how often did this happen in the United States of America? And how often is it happening in 2023? I don't know the answer. I suspect it is obviously proportionately more often today. We have here, obviously, as well, a single mother. This is not an anti-single mother statement. I married a single mother who did a fantastic job with her boys. But she would be among the first to acknowledge children need, ideally, a mother and father. Given the amount of idiocy that the educated believe in, like men can be women or women can become men, that it's fair for biological men to compete against biological women, etc., that it's uh, you'll have less crime if you have fewer police, Given the amount of idiocy that is believed, one of the biggest idiocies was the non-necessity of fathers in the lives of children. Well, that's redundant. That's what fathers are in the lives of children. Or the uh, the old great line that I have cited to you very often, woman needs a man like a fish needs a bicycle. Or a woman without a man is like a fish without a bicycle. One of the two, I don't remember which, was the exact brilliant phrasing of that idea. H- 
here's a story. You never you never expect some states to do certain things that they're doing. Daily Wire reports nurses in Kentucky mandated to take training that says white silence is racist. Did you send me that one? Nurses in Kentucky were told they could face discipline after they were mandated to take an implicit bias training. (laughs) Implicit bias, as opposed to explicit bias. It's like, since there are no, there's so little racism in America, the University of California and others had to make up microaggressions. Micro, because they couldn't find really any macroaggressions. Take an implicit bias training that claimed there is a history of racism in healthcare. I'm sure there is. And what is the reason why they have to take this course? The training required by the Kentucky Board of Nursing instructs the healthcare workers to recognize the history of racism in healthcare. The training, which was required by July 1st, included discussions that said it was racist to suggest institutional racism didn't exist or saying that people could advance through hard work. That's right. If you say you can advance through hard work, you're a racist. That is correct. Hard work is almost universally on the left regarded as a white supremacist value. As I have said from the beginning of all of this, it is pure racism, anti-black racism, to suggest that hard work is a white value. That's why I so frequently tell you the Ku Klux Klan and the left are in agreement on so many things. The Ku Klux Klan would also say that hard work is a white value. The left and the Ku Klux Klan agree on many things, like all black dormitories on campuses. Imagine that. Hard work is a white value. In order to lead to meaningful change, any exploration of implicit bias must be situated as part of a much larger conversation on racism and bias, said a slide from the training. You know, they speak their own English. This is leftist English. Meaningful change, that's a giveaway. Exploration, implicit, uh, must be situated Larger conversation, (laughs) the whole thing, is boilerplate. Left-wing boilerplate. Nurses were taught that examples of covert racism included white silence. What does that mean? You, now that I think about it, being a more laconic person than I, You're definitely on the spectrum of racism. Because the living martyr tends to be a silent white. Sean and I, on the other hand, are pretty 
talkative whites. Denying institutional racism. Hmm. How about denying the amount they claim there is? The phrase, there's only one human race, that's my favorite one. If you say there's only one human race, you are engaged in racism. This is really important that you hear this. Kentucky nurses must learn this. So this is what the nurses of Kentucky are now being taught. They have to take this course. So examples of covert racism include white silence. I have no idea what that means. I I, I don't. I'm not being cute. I don't know what that means, white silence. Does Does that mean not speaking up when you see racism? See, the irony is, as I was taught in the 70s at Columbia University, a black cannot be racist. That's right. That is universally believed on the left and on campuses. It's an amazing thing. Denying institutional racism, it's worth pointing out there is institutional racism, and it is on the part of the party that was the pro-slavery party, the pro-Jim Crow party, the racist party, the Democratic party. You'll never be taught that. The phrase, there's only one human race, that is now considered covert racism. This is an example of the liberal left divide. Most liberals would, would say that is a beautiful sentiment, that there is only one race, the human race. <laughs> but the left wants you to be racist. I mean that literally, and not say there's only one race, the human race. Bootstrap theory, that's right, that you can lift yourself up. That is racism. To teach blacks or any minority that the best way to help your life is for you to lift yourself up is now a form of covert racism and is taught to Kentucky nurses as such. There's nothing more ennobling than teaching people they can lift themselves up. That is, in the final analysis, along with God or a higher power, the whole point of 12-step programs. Stop blaming others. Lift yourself up. You become my son who became, my my younger son who became uh, sober seven years ago has said to me he the day he decided to be sober was the day he stopped blaming others for his problems if he's right and i, I i've talked to so many recovering addicts that is exactly what they all say if that is true and it is true that means that the democratic party is the party that keeps blacks down. There is no question about that. The day you help yourself in any in any way you are troubled, whether it's addiction or something else, 
is the day you believe I stop blaming others for my problems. Yeah. And, and the scummy left, the despicable, life-destroying left, not liberals, left, teaches you the opposite. Oh, blacks, keep blaming whites. Women keep blaming men. Hispanics keep blaming Americans. Gays keep blaming straights. Fetishizing POC. What does that mean? I know POC is people of color. What does it mean, fetishizing? Do you understand that? How do you fetishize people of color? I know you used to do that, but it was in the old days. We, 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 we'd get together at lunch and go, let's fetishize people of color. But I don't remember what we did. No, I'm not... That was sarcastic. What, what, what does it mean to fetishize... Maybe, well, we should look it up. Okay, I don't know. Claiming reverse racism. Oh, there's no such thing. I told you. I learned that in the 70s. A black cannot be a racist. That's right. Black shoots a white person, screams anti-white epithets, not racist. Just want you to know. Excusing or white-splaining racism. Don't know what that one means. This is what Kentucky nurses must study. We're gonna fly, feel alright. Hi everybody, Dennis Prager here, and I'm with Julie Hartman. We periodically do third hours together, and I love it. And hi Julie. Hi Dennis, I love it too. That's really nice. There is, as I was saying to her right before we went on, I have so many rich subjects, but I'm going to take a call. I'm going to actually begin with a call because I love calls that differ with me, and I'm not being cute. I do. So where is it? Yeah, here we go. Rick in New Brunswick, New Jersey. Hello. Hi. Uh, I just wanted to say I heard earlier in the program what I considered to be a disappointingly tepid response to the comments that RFK had made when he claimed that the COVID vaccine and the COVID virus was specifically engineered to spare Ashkenazi Jews, I would I considered your response, frankly, to be hypocritical. I think that I, I can't help but recall when Ilhan Omar dared to suggest that money from the pro-Israel lobby influenced members of Congress. It was considered a vile anti-Semitic trope. I can only imagine what the response from you and everybody else in right-wing broadcasting would be if Ilhan Omar dared to say that COVID somehow was engineered to spare Jews. And I think it's sad that you chose to, to give RFK a pass here for reasons of politics rather than call him out for something that is not just factually incorrect, sir. It is a vile anti-Semitic conspiracy theory. And I think you should be ashamed of yourself. Hmm. I'm not. Uh, I know. So, yes, because I actually pursue truth, and I've done more to fight anti-Semitism in my life than you or Elon Omar in all of your life. I do more in a day 
You don't, you don't know me, sir. You don't know anything about uh, yes, me. Yes, so I'll bet lie. you. Okay. No, oh, lying. really? Is it a lie? Me, All right, tell, I'll tell I you. I know what your response to Ilhan Omar was. Okay, sir. You said I lied about you. Let's take that one then. Do you fight anti-Semitism? I'll give yes, you sir, my bona fides. So you give me your you bona fides. Now. I am doing so by calling uh, you. Okay, okay, fine. Okay. All right. I have to put you on hold because you're getting a bit hysterical. And it's also... Uh, you avoided my point. I said that I do more to fight anti-Semitism in a day than you do in a lifetime. You said I lied. I, so I said, give me one example of your fighting anti-Semitism. And you said, you're calling me now. Okay. I played it for you. Number one, he said that all he said was that th- there are uh, viruses that can be, in fact, targeted toward certain ethnic groups. And that this one, he didn't say it was targeted to avoid Jews, but that Jews and Ashkenazi Jews, not even all Jews, half of the Jews are not Ashkenazi, uh, that uh, Ashkenazi Jews and Chinese were less susceptible to the virus. Why that is anti-Semitic is uh, a puzzle to me. Is there a history in the Middle Ages of blaming Jews for plagues? Yes, there is. I have no idea if he knows that history. Very few non-Jews do know that history. And it's irrelevant to the point that he was making. uh, The reason that I am defending him is because I care about truth more than any other single thing in life. And because... I also care about fighting anti-Semites. He is not an anti-Semite. He is as pro-Jew as exists in public American life. So before I smear him as equivalent to Ilan Omar, who basically supports the destruction of the state of Israel, and from my perspective, the destruction of the United States of America, I would think twice before making that parallel. Is my man still there? Yes, he is. Would you like to respond? I would. If Ilhan Omar had said the same thing, you would be livid. You would be freaking out. And the only reason that you give RFK a pass is because it is politically expedient for you to do so because he opposes Joe Biden. This has nothing to do with you wanting to stand up for the truth about what is or isn't anti-Semitism. It is partisan ideological adherence to a narrative. It has nothing to do with genuinely wanting to address... Okay, all right, fair enough. That's your view. I will let my listeners decide whether I am animated in this instance uh, by my antipathy to Joe Biden or my antipathy to calling people who are pro-Jewish, anti-Jewish. But those, those calls are invaluable. That's what they are. There is no possibility that someone with whom a person on the left differs with is animated by a noble noble intention. It is not possible. In the meantime, it is it is uh, I, I invoke the Prager theory of moral bank accounts. Elon's moral bank account vis-a-vis Jews is zero. RFK Jr.'s moral bank account vis-a-vis Jews is extremely high. Moral bank accounts matter. Ilan Omar would like to see the, the only Jewish state on earth destroyed. 
He is one of the greatest protectors of the only Jewish state on earth. Ilan Omar hates this country. One of the greatest examples of ingratitude in the history of America is Ilan Omar. What we did for her family, and she comes here and craps on this country. But my listener loves her. I don't know why. May I ask a question? Yes. Because I did not hear the previous hour, and I right. imagine some listeners tuning in right now may not have. What did RFK Jr. say? Did he? Say- uh, you want to play it? So we'll play it again. It, it's worth playing. This was at a private evening, and it was, but it was recorded. I don't know if he knew it was recorded, but it was not a public speech. Okay. We have we've put hundreds of millions of dollars into uh, ethnically targeted microbes. The Chinese have done the same thing. In fact, COVID-19, there's an argument that it is ethnically targeted. COVID-19 attacks certain races um, disproportionately. The, uh, the, 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 the races that are most immune, immune to COVID-19 are because of the, of the structure of the, of, um, the genetic structure, of genetic differentials among different races of the um, of the receptors of the ACE2 receptor. Um, COVID-19 is targeted to attack uh, Caucasians and uh, and uh, and uh, black people. The people who are most immune are Ashkenazi Jews and uh, and Chinese. And but we don't know whether it was deliberately targeted that or not. But there are papers out there that show the you know the um, the racial and ethnic differential and of impact to that. We do know that the Chinese are spending hundreds of millions of dollars developing ethnic bioweapons, and we are developing ethnic bioweapons. That's where all those labs in the Ukraine are about. They're collecting Russian DNA. They're collecting Chinese DNA. Though we can target people by race. Okay. So we said that there were two groups immune according to studies, more immune, obviously they died, uh, Chinese and, and Ashkenazi Jews. And so people like the caller say that's an anti-Semitic comment. Why? Ask them. The reason that some Jews do, I understand, because uh, in the Middle Ages, whenever there was a plague, Jews were blamed for starting it. So... Jews are hypersensitive. I'm a Jew. I am hypersensitive to that. But he didn't charge that. There was nothing about blaming Jews for COVID. And anyway, is he blaming Chinese? Actually, the Chinese government is to be blamed, but not Chinese, not the Chinese people. And also, it's a strange thing to make an anti-Semitic comment only about Ashkenazi Jews. Half the Jews aren't Ashkenazi. Right, Sephardic and, yeah. and others. Uh, it's... Anyway, as I said in my summary, everybody has moral bank accounts. His life's work and, and comments with regard to Jews in Israel are, are so thoroughly pro, pro-Israel, anti-anti-Semitism, that what, all of a sudden, after a lifetime of being a pro-Jew, he's turned anti-Jew? Well, also, it appears to me, given what I just heard and the little that I know about this subject, that one could question RFK Jr.'s evidence 
one could say, how, how, are, how are you yes. getting that? But I, I don't right. see what about it is anti-Semitic. That, Maybe I'm right. missing something, but that to no, me, no, you're not that didn't strike anything. me as, you're, you're, it, may, it struck me as possibly outlandish, that's right. but not anti-Semitic. It might well be. However, I'm sorry to say, I don't think it's outlandish, well, and I would have 10 years ago, five years ago, that there are bioweapons being uh, constructed with specific ethnic groups in mind. It's very, very dangerous stuff. Back in a moment. Dennis Prager here. With me is Julie Hartman. I'm going to have to play. I thought I did. I guess I didn't. Funny, I'm sure I did, but Sean doesn't remember it having done it. Rabbi Shmuley Boteach, who is a major voice in the Jewish community, one of the best-known rabbis in America, been on my show a number of times for his books. And Rabbi Shmuley is very sensitive to anti-Semitism. His life is devoted to fighting it. And he got on immediately with Robert F. Kennedy Jr., with whom he differs about vaccines, by the way, just for the record, and said, of course what you said was not anti-Semitic. And he just came out fervently in defense of RFK Jr. Did you want to ask something on this, Julie? I wanted to say that you and I actually talked about this on Dennis and Julie. I was next to someone on a plane once of, of all locations talking about this subject. And this person said that no Jews were killed in 9-11, like they evacuated the Twin Towers. I think there is sort of this narrative, unfortunately, among some people in the world that Jews escape some kind of harm, you know, mm-hmm. that, that insidious lie about 9-11. Really, Jews did a really good job escaping Hitler. Right, but there, I'm saying there are, there are Holocaust deniers. There are people who yes. who, who uh, it, think, it, it, and it's, of course, right. bogus and evil, that no Jews were killed on 9-11, no Jews were killed in the Holocaust. So I can understand some sensitivity Correct. to someone that. like yes. RFK Jr. saying, well, the virus doesn't infect Jews. That being said, I think your point about the moral track record is really important here because nothing, at least that I know, in RFK Jr.'s track record has indicated that he is anti-Jew animus. That is not true of Elon Omar, the person who was brought up. The question I would like to ask RFK Jr., though, is what would be the benefit, and, and it's not a leading question, I'm, I'm genuinely curious, what would be the benefit to the Chinese to engineer a virus that doesn't affect Jews. I can understand the benefit right. not so, affecting Chinese. So there are two ways of hearing his comments, that it was engineered. Mm-hmm. He said, yes, he, it might have been engineered to attack blacks and Caucasians. Okay, I, I don't know that that's true. I have no idea. I do believe there is ethnic viral manipulation, unfortunately. There's a lot of bad stuff going on with this research. But... Your question is very legit, but he he didn't say. I didn't hear him say it was targ. It was it was made to avoid affecting Chinese and Jews, because it's bizarre. You're a hundred percent right. In whose interest would it be? Not to infect Chinese and Ashkenazi Jews. Well, it would be in the Chinese. That's why he said they're not immune. Mm-hmm. It was a passive tense. Not immune is not the same as engineered to avoid. Right. 
That is a critical distinction. I mean, it would make sense for the Chinese to, if it's indeed true, and we have no idea if it's true, to engineer a virus that wouldn't affect its own people. But I don't understand. Yeah, what right. The incentive... Like there's this great pro Ashkenazi right, Jew from the Chinese group in the <laughs> in, Pe- in Beijing. Right. <laughs> so you're going to play the the rabbi? Well, yeah, I got to dig it up. Yes, I will absolutely. But I'm, your question is excellent. Uh, that that's really it's a fair. I mean, it's fair and it's excellent. In whose interest is it to avoid Ashkenazi Jews? But not Sephardi Jews. Right. And Chinese. As the Romans would say, que bene, who benefits? Yes, was that, wait, no, qui. Qui. That's what I said, Dennis. You just heard me incorrectly. You didn't say que? Uh, no. Just kidding, I did. <laughs> hey, I'm sorry. She really pulled one, I'll tell you. <laughs> uh, wait, qui, it's qui. qui. What's the it's next totally word? what I said. Yeah, who benefits is... Well, it's spelled quay. <laughs> no, it's spelled C-U-I, no? I thought it was spelled Q... Okay, well, L- now I'm really making I mean, a fool Q-U-I, of myself. Q-U-I. Anyway, look it up. Yes, I am curious myself. Oh. Okay. It's spelled C-U-I. <laughs> I'm sorry? It's spelled C-U-I. That's what I said originally, C-U-I, oh, right. yes. What was the other... What's the second word? Bene, B-E-N-E. Qui bene, yeah. To whom bene. is it a benefit? That's right, The exactly. Latin phrase That's coming correct. from the Romans. Yes. Okay. Uh, Wayne, Pennsylvania, and Burke. Hello. Oh, hi, Dennis. Um, you know, you cited JFK and quote unquote his statement. RFK. State or RFK? Excuse me. Yes. You, his statement. It was in reference to an NIH study in coordination with the Cleveland Clinic. So it really wasn't his opinion. He was just citing a study. So the guy who called up was a complete idiot. He heard, he heard what he wanted to hear to make him angry, and he was angry. So well, he's really angry at me. He he's he's secondarily angry at the RFK. But you're right. He doesn't know the facts. Yeah. Well, I didn't know it either. I didn't know Cleveland Clinic uh, was involved. I'm going to look that up, and I and I, I truly thank you for that call. I did not know. Uh, okay. Let's see here. Let me go to some other stories because I have a ton of, of of good ones. Let's see here. By the way, Julie, I reported last week on this study. Two in five young adults think that marriage is outdated. Did doesn't see, surprise did, me. I know. I'm sure it doesn't. I also read something, Dennis forgive me, but you, you'll find this of interest, that by the year 2045, I believe it said, an estimated 60% of married couples will have met on dating apps. You know, I have no problem with that. I hope they, as, uh, I, I, I've advocated dating apps, as you know. <laughs> as our Dennis and Julie listeners yes. especially well, know. Yes. By the way, Dennis and Julie is a podcast we do. and It airs today at it, 1 it, o'clock. It, Eastern. Pacific. 1 Pacific. o'clock. Pacific for Eastern. Yeah, it's really uh, it's unique in my broadcast history. It's I really, really commend it to your attention. Uh, if I were single and not a public figure, I'd go on a dating app. Of course, I would. Where I don't go to bars, and I'm not taking dance lessons. Where am I going to meet a woman? 
I don't think you would meet anyone at a dance lesson <laughs> these days. Uh, why? I don't know. I just don't think there's a uh, uh-huh. heterosexual crowd. Oh. If I'm being honest. Back in a moment. It's true. Okay, okay, everybody. Dennis Prager here. And I have a story that is fascinating. So this is from the Daily Mail. So a woman, 68-year-old woman, who has been employed by Lowe's for years, she attempted to stop a gang of shoplifters left with a bruised face, and she has now been fired by Lowe's for trying to stop the shoplifters. Donna Hansbro, 68, attempted to stop a gang of shoplifters. The longtime employee of Lowe's was fired for violating company policy that states employees who witness shoplifting must not intervene. They, they stole two th- more than $2,000 of merchandise from her store in Rincon, Georgia, last month. The thieves refused to go quietly and punched her repeatedly in the face, leaving her with a black eye. You can see a picture of her at the Daily Mail. Despite her heroic efforts standing up to the criminals, Hansbro was fired by Lowe's after 13 years for violating company policy. The guy decided he wanted to be let go, so he punched me and grabbed my glasses as I still held onto the cart. Hansbro, who worked for Lowe's for more than 13 years, told a television interviewer. Yes, ma'am. I would like to make you and the viewers aware of four more names. Santiago Barola was a supermarket employee in Colorado at the King Supers grocery store. He witnessed three men who stole over $500 worth of uh, merchandise. He took a video of them putting the merchandise in his car. He was fired for taking a video of the thieves. Jennifer Ferguson and Rachel Rogers were two employees at the Lululemon in Atlanta. They took videos of three looters coming in and stealing merchandise. They were both fired for taking video of the looters stealing merchandise. And then the fourth name is Austin Sherrill. He was a 23-year-old clerk at Vons here in Southern California, and he was fired after he was violently assaulted three times on the job because he dared to file a workers' compensation claim. This is not just a one-time incident. This is happening all over the country, and it supports my hypothesis that the main distinction in the United States isn't so much a liberal, conservative, Democrat, or Republican. It's people who affirm civilizational versus anti-civilizational values. You affirm anti-civilizational values if you fire an employee for doing the right thing when someone robs your store. That is fun. That is at its core not civilized. This is the society that we are descending into. It's not even so much leftism as it is just anti-civilization. Wow. How did you have those already? Because I did a show on it recently. And when you were reading that, I said, I have to bring this up. And I just typed in my notes. The ones that took video and got fired? Yes. 
You can't video criminals? No, you should. All of you need you need to look up Santiago Barola, Colorado King of Supers. He's taking a video of these people putting the merchandise in their car, and he's actually joking with them. He says, come on, guys, the economy isn't that bad that you have to do this. He just takes a video. He zooms in on the license plate. He was suspended the next day from work, and a week later he was notified that he was terminated. And, and what were the grounds of the termination? Because apparently there is a policy that's sort of yeah, like what you just you read. Can't video them. That you can't confront certain. That's confronting video. Apparently, okay. So, let me first begin with anti-civilization. Uh, you and I tend to to believe that that is animating of the left, anti-civilizational. But I get your your larger point. Your larger point is accurate. I don't believe Lowe's is run by leftists. I believe Lowe's is run by cowards who were told by their lawyers that you can be sued if any one of your employees tries to stop theft. That is what I believe. So there's a competition in anti-civilizationism between the left, which is active, and the cowards who are passive, Mm -hmm. or in this case, even active. But cowardice is the primary, it is the single most dominant human quality, and virtually every company in the United States is run by cowards. This woman should be given an award. As not these four employees, a, as, I read. As these employees. I didn't even understand the last one. Yes. Why, 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 why was he fired? What did he do? Because he fired a workers' compensation claim, allegedly, after being violently assaulted three times on the job. Oh, he was oh I see. Oh, so could, yeah, because he shouldn't have confronted them. Then he wouldn't have been wounded. Back in a moment. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.